My, my juices flow all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. You know as much as I know. Right now, we've been able to stuff to stuff. The curse is broken. NC State fans, finally. <laughs> finally. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a triple play. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. Welcome back to another edition of Law. What was that? Why are you laughing? Sorry. No, you have the same facial expression when you're trying to figure out how to open it up every single time. Well, we're going to keep it. Fine. Uh, welcome back to another edition of Law of the Wolf. I'm Joe Giglio, joined by Scott Wood, Wolfpack Great, Scott Wood, uh, mortgage lender, Scott Wood. You have a new home for your mortgage business, but the same web address scottwood15.com is still the best way to find you yes and the the email address has changed but the the telephone number is still the same all right well let's not confuse anybody let's just say scottwood15.com i don't want to confuse anybody easy enough confusion free um we're going to talk about nc state basketball today obviously this is the law of the wolf but first when i ask you a question your last college basketball game was in 2013 it's 11 years ago now Congratulations, you're old. Um, what about college basketball in 2024 do you recognize from 2013? It's 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 changed. Uh it's 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 a lot it's a lot more, you know, high talent, high athleticism basketball, more so than probably what it was, you know, even back in, in, in 2013. I think it's gone more find a mismatch and and go at it. Uh but it has. It's it's just briefly changed a little bit, right or wrong. It's just a completely different style of game, even when I was playing. There was a transfer portal in twenty thirteen. Uh similar, not this transfer portal, just a a transfer portal where you had to sit out a year. So okay. it would it would seriously make you second guess. Uh, your decision a little bit more. All right. There was legalized payment of players in 2013. No, I missed out on that one. Missed on that. Yeah, they probably could have sold a few 15 jerseys for sure. Scott Wood rule of three would have probably would have done pretty well too. So um, what I'm getting at here is I look at college basketball now in 2024 with transfer portal and NIL, name, image, and likeness, which is basically the players getting, the players getting paid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just not from the revenue that they help generate. That's a different podcast, though. I look at it and I go, there's nothing about what college basketball is now than what it, it even was in 2019 before the pandemic. I mean, I would agree. Now, I've, I'm talking about the fundamental structure of college basketball. The, 100%, the sport that is college it's, basketball. It's completely different. It's <laughs> it's semi-professional basketball. That's okay. what it is. And I'm not trying to be naive. I understand that there are players who were paid to play basketball. In college, I get all that on recruiting and everything else. Somebody's mom was hired. I, I understand all of that. Fundamentally, I look at the ACC in 2024. What what about the ACC in 2024 looks anything like the ACC that you played in in 2013? Nothing. Tony Bennett, Jim Laranaga. I mean, there's no Mike Shashevsky. There's no Roy Williams. Carolina's obviously still very good, but it's not the same. The, the ancillary brands that were brought in, Syracuse and Louisville, are in the tank. 
they don't have Hall of Fame coaches, <laughs> right? Correct. I mean, the 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 idea that college basketball in 2024 is even the same from when you played in 2013 is, I'm not saying it to tell people to adjust their expectations. I'm saying it to understand what college basketball is now. That's where I think this conversation has to start when we look at what college basketball is and what it isn't in 2024. And it's only going to change. It's. I would hope it would somehow become stabilized because right now, NIL is a tax on the fans. That's all it is. Tax-free, though. Right. You can write it off, so that's a bonus. <laughs> As as a uh, LLC uh, operator, yeah. I would say yes, that is a bonus. <laughs> but I think we we I, I bring this up in the context of what NC State's going to do with Kevin Keats and what NC State should be as a basketball program. And I think people look at this and they think it's a different era of college basketball. This is not me absolving Kevin for the problems that this team, this particular team, has. Which, by the way. I, I think this team is assigned the sins of previous teams. I watch this team play. Are they aesthetically pleasing? No. Um, but I think they play hard. Yeah. I think I think on, they're a high-end defensive team. This is easily his best defensive team. I look at NC State, and I see Virginia Tech. I look at NC State, I see Pitt. I look at NC State, I see Wake Forest. I look at NC State, I see Clemson. I see Miami. I They're all in this same bag together to me. That's what I see. I don't think Duke is I don't think Duke is that much better than the rest of this group either. I think Carolina is better than this group, but I don't think obviously by the way that they lost at home to Clemson and they lost at Georgia Tech, they're not like you're a freshman in 10. They're not great, Carolina, okay? That they they were they were bad that year. 11 they get a little bit better. 12 they're they're breathing fire. They had 20 wins. No, that's you. Oh. <laughs> they were just as bad though in 10. Okay. Okay. They just happened to sweep you. What <laughs> they a, what they a, swept a, me every time. I hate to say it. No, in uh one year. 13, you got them. One okay. time. So what I'm getting at though is I, I just don't see I don't see even Carolina being at the level that they were in 19 or 17 or 16 or any of their other final four national title type teams. I look at college basketball. And I look at who's playing and I'm going, okay, there's a transfer from Wofford who is averaging 15 points a game for NC State, 14 points a game. Like That would have been unheard of in your era for a guy to level up that way and come over and not Wofford, Winthrop, excuse me, DJ Burns. I, I just, I just, I look at this and I go, it's a year to year proposition. That's what this is. That's what, that's what college basketball is to me so is this is this a uh you know an upset moment with college basketball as a whole or the acc i think it's a little bit of both well i would tell you that this acc is not going to be the same acc and no maybe in two years that's what i'm saying with all well, these other teams coming in it's it's, it's going to get even more diluted uh, yeah watered down well i think <laughs> I, I think there's a dearth of outstanding coaches in college basketball when you think about the, the coaches who have left, when you think about the coaches who have retired, like Jay Wright should still be coaching for another 20 years, for goodness sake. Yeah. I mean, if he were going to do it as long as Kay and Roy did. But it's also, I think it's also a reflection of the 
playing field is very level. That's why I've always said a lot of these. Yes, I, that's what I'm saying. A lot of these smaller schools and mid-majors, whether they have money or not, can get a good high school kid that falls through the cracks because everybody's like, all right, I'll go get a junior that averaged seven points at Oklahoma, you know, and, and bring them in. Cause then I, a freshman. I, yes. Rather. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the sophomore year that that freshman that came in is really good because no one's ever seen them because they're looking at transfer portal. Right. And I think that's just the piece that the it's, it's as even as ever. Now don't get me wrong. They're still going to be the big spenders, but you even look at it in college football, Texas A&M spent, an obscene amount of money and what that get them. Sure. So I, I think the NIL portion of it is, I think NC state this year spent about a million dollars in NIL for their roster, which is about average. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be more than Georgia tech and some of the others at the bottom of the league, but it's, it's not Miami. Yeah. You know, look at what Miami did last year. They go to the final four. They had, I, by most accounts, they had the highest payroll in the ACC last year and mm -hmm. they made, and they made the final four. Now they happen to have an excellent coach. Did did Jim Larinaga forget how to coach this year? Like, is did something happen to him that like magically made him made his players n not be able to make shots this year? But I think it's also it's you're taking a big risk on a transfer coming in, assuming you're going to get something out of them. The, the, me being in, realistic, in what sense do you mean? Like you mean um, like a Jaden Taylor? Like or? we'll use Jaden. Jaden Taylor is a very yeah. good example. You look at Jaden Taylor. The first thing I would have never guessed from watching at Butler was he's an elite defender and he has really good effort each night. Mm -hmm. That's not my first takeaway when I would have went back and watched Jaden Taylor play at Butler. I also had conversations with people at Butler about the when he was coming over. So the conversation was a little different. He was a very, very good scorer for Butler last year. But it's also a different level of scoring. And well, are they in the Big East now? Mm -hmm. uh, in the Big East versus a DePaul versus even a Boston college in the ACC. It's, it's different. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, you're, you're, you're taking on a big risk of saying, okay, this guy's worth $150,000 or $200,000. We're going to bring him in. But what if he does and not I produce? That, I think that's probably an average price, right? Like if you wanted to get somebody for a good player, the yeah. real money, you're, you're I mean, 300 plus. For for someone that you would consider a good player, that's going to give you significant minutes. Yes, with a proven scoring average. Yeah, I mean, not that. I mean, Taylor is. I think Taylor. I think the fault with this team is that they they were put together for a, in a very specific way. Casey Morcel is brought back, right, and is supposed to be a spot up shooter. Well, without Jarkel Joyner and Terquavion Smith occupying defenses, he hasn't been as good. Yeah. And now that doesn't mean he can't adjust as the season goes along. And he's had some, he has had some good games. Truth of the matter is like you were counting on Casey Morsell to be a good shooter. He hasn't been this year. You were counting on Jaden Taylor to come in. You didn't need him to be Terquavion Smith, but you did need him to average 14, 15. Like you needed him to, to step up even from his, yeah. his Butler production. I think Deja Horn has been what they wanted him to be, but he's not a great shooter. So you kind of have to live and die with what he does. Right. And that's uh, particularly and, and, if those other parts aren't supporting him in the way that the roster was put together to support. Well, and here's my one critique. Okay. If I was yeah. going to give Kevin Keats any critique, it's he's trying to fit a square and a circle that they've taken that square peg, trying to fit in the, these individuals are not the same as 
You mean compared to what they were trying to do last year? Yes. Okay. I think with this team, like even Casey's a good example. I think he needs to bring Casey off more, you know, down screen, spin down, cross screen, coming off, off the top. He's got to get them moving around different. Casey is not an elite level one-on-one player. He's not an elite level pick and roll player. Jaden Taylor is an elite level transition player. When he's out in transition, he's his best. Questionable decisions at times when he's in the half court, but he makes plays for you. DJ Horn's a little different. I think he's a, a good pick and roll player. He can make reads, but I also think he's the type of kid that needs to come off some down screen so that he can attack a curl, get a shot. These are my critiques of Kevin that you gotta, you got to at some point evolve and realize I don't have the same pieces that I've had in the past. You can't keep running the same type of offense when these guys, you know, you may have thought that, okay, these guys are going to supplement well for Jarkel and Jaquavion. They're not. Right. So at some point you have to pivot and say, we got to make a change, especially when it comes to the offensive end. Like I, I've, I've, I've taken a firm stance. DJ Burns plays okay, well, three straight. Let's let, before we get into <laughs> DJ Burns, because now you're getting into a big part of what why NC State is where NC State is right now. Do you need to pay a few bills? So uh, <laughs> let's let's start with the OG. OG, that's Hayes Lancaster. That's Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Maybe your wife at night is in bed and sees a cockroach. Scott, what are we supposed to do? Well, I'm, I'm the one that has to kill it, but I prefer not to. <laughs> but you did the right thing. You went to bugsbite.com. Hayes Lancaster is the OG OG. Big NC State fan. Support the people who support us. And also in the process, take care of your number one investment, which is your home. So go to bugsbite.com. And then, of course, in this real estate market, you want to get ahead of the frenzy. The numbers are coming down. Scott's going to tell us a little bit about the numbers, but they're coming down. People are going to be out there trying to get into that new construction. The best thing to do. Go to myhtr.com. That's hometown realty. Six locations, more than 250 agents. They have the in with new construction. I see it every day on 401, driving in uh, south of the city into downtown. All of that, you want to get a head start, go to myhtr.com. And yes, there are lawyers that are state fans. Josh Whitaker, Whitaker and Hamer. They have the world's greatest URL, wh.lawyer. Maybe you get a stray... Um, it was it excessive speeding. No, what's the what's the worst one? It wasn't excessive speeding. It was uh, reckless driving. Yes, right. You can't have those. <laughs> can't pick those up in in downtown Raleigh at the the rate I have been. So let's let's make sure you have someone to take care of your legal needs. That's wh dot lawyer. Last one. Let's just knock them all out at the same time. Promo code OG twenty three. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Homefieldapparel dot com great jackets hoodies shirts hats you name it they got everything go to homefieldapparel.com use that promo code og23 and save 15 percent all right scott now let's talk about dj burns and what i like to call a new nil problem nil name image likeness is the athlete's ability to in theory use and benefit from their name, image, and likeness. What it's really kind of turned out to be is a fundraiser from going to the fans and asking them to donate money, some of them more than others, but you're, you're trying to piece together a pot and then divide the money that you've collected to the players. I, I don't know DJ's number, but it was probably more. I think it's fair to say it was more than he could make playing in Europe this year. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, that's a 
That's why of, he's here. A lot of first year professionals. Yeah, though. but that's why he's here. Yes. If he could have gone and made money doing something else, he There's probably, probably would have done Armando that. Armando Baycott is still at Carolina. Right. I'm not. I'm not trying to denigrate. That we we have a whole generation of players. Oscar Schwebe last year at, at Kentucky, who somehow did make the NBA. I don't, I don't know how, but there's a whole generation of guys who are really good college basketball players, but their game doesn't. Most of them are bigs. Doesn't translate to the NBA. No. I, I think. This season was in trouble when DJ Burns showed up at the weight that he did at the beginning of the season. They needed DJ Burns to show up at 290, 285. He's three plus. And I I don't see his ability to hit. Right now, he's such a liability defensively. And I think Kevin has done a good job with Modiara and Ben Middlebrooks. I, I think that's the best thing he's done all year is, is, try to offset DJ's liabilities. Now he is outstanding or can be outstanding on the offensive end, but it has to be shorter bursts to me. And I think Kevin has tried to do that all year long. And I think he has, I think he's tried to make the best of this situation, but it is a difficult one when you have a guy who is, can help you on the offensive end, but on, on the other side, you know, you, at some point you, you can't allow more points than you score (laughs) to quote Herb said, (laughs) Nick, Uh, that's my high school coach as well. He said, just always score more than the person you're guarding. That's what he always told me. That's all you can do. Um, I, and I'm not getting into like, I don't think he's lazy. I don't think whatever. I just think when you make that much money, I think motivation becomes part of the problem. And I think and, I've heard the same thing about Baycott at Carolina this yeah, year, by the and, way. And, 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 and I have no idea. So I don't even want to go down that road. All I know is that if I was coaching the roster, I'd give him three minutes on. So he gets three minutes. Then I'm going to be up front with him. As soon as your three minutes done, I'm going to have a clock. I'm pulling you. When those three minutes are on, I'm giving him the ball every, every single possession. time he is in the game because he's that good offensively. He is that much of a problem. He's that good of a passer, and he can create and do a lot of really good things on the offense men. I am absolutely going to play a 2-3 zone or just hide him in the middle when he's on defense. Like I, I was watching I, the other day, like we're pressing and it's him and two other guys. And he's just kind of like stuck in between and it, it almost looked bad. It's like, why are we pressing? And he's your last line of defense. Like yeah. Well, he's can, not you, a rim protector. You, yeah. You can't, you can't do that. Like you got to be able to protect him a little bit, especially on the defensive end, whether that's zone, whether that's him in a very drop defense. But again, you know, we've said it as well. He is very, you know, matchup dependent. He is going to struggle against Clemson. He is going to struggle against Clemson. So, like, you got a game coming up that where, yeah, you got to play him. You got to get him his minutes. But on on the defensive end, he is a big liability. So how can you try to protect him and hide him the best you can to still get the most production on the offensive end? Yeah, I mean, he's he's averaging 11.9 this year. I think he was a revelation last year. And I, I understand again the premise of how this team was put together and how it was built. It obviously hasn't turned out that way. Um, and, and I think you and I are in similar, have similar stances about where NC State is at, at fifteen and nine now, and uh, seven and six in the league, coming off of losses to Pittsburgh and Wake Forest, close losses both games, three points to Pitt, four points to to Wake Forest. This is the seventh year for Kevin, and I I don't. I do not subscribe to the, oh my God, they've been bad this whole time. Oh my God, they need to get rid of them and and all of these other things. I I look at it more of this is what college basketball is. I don't think this team is that bad. I I certainly don't think 
the, you want to get mad at them for being garbage in 22, by all means, go ahead and be mad that they were a horseshit team in 2022. That is not what this team is, though. Yeah. Okay? This team, believe it or not, still has the ability to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. They have a path to the NCAA tournament. Now, they have to do something that they could not do last year, and that's not beat Carolina. They do, they do need to beat Duke. They have to beat Clemson. Okay? <laughs> so Saturday is officially their first game of the NCAA tournament. Because if they lose on Saturday on the road to a team who they uh, Ken Palm has as a nine-point underdog, if they lose this game, then you're now in official. You're going to have to have a conversation about what happens next with Kevin. That, that's where they are. If they win this game, as crazy as it sounds, you split the rest of the way. You have to beat Duke at home on March 4th. They would basically have the same resume that they had last year. Because at that point, they would have wins over the teams who I project to make the NCAA tournament, other than Carolina. You would have Duke, you'd have Virginia, you'd have Wake Forest, you'd have Clemson. I don't care what their quads are. Last year, they had one quad one win, and they made the NCAA tournament because they beat the other ACC teams who made the NCAA tournament. That is a fairly, that's a fairly doable path if you think about it, if you believe that they can magically beat Clemson. Now, they have to change their entire mindset to beat Clemson. I understand that mental obstacle because of the way that Pete, because of the problem that PJ Hall is for them. I get that. But that's, that's how, that's how close it is in my brain to, okay, you lose. You now have to evaluate and figure out what you're doing next. You win. You'll, you, you are on a path to the same one last year that led you to the field of 68. It's kind of wild if you think about it. Well, and I think it's just to the point that it's just so watered down in the middle. I mean, they could easily finish fifth in the ACC and not get in the tournament. Sure. Well, yeah, it matters who you beat. Because Clemson made, did not make the tournament last year, had an outstanding league record, but didn't beat the other teams who made the tournament. That was their problem, other than State. Yeah. That was the only tournament team they beat last year. Uh, but I, but again, to the point, I just I don't think they're a bad team. Uh, I think this is the type of team that ultimately when... I hear Kevin Keats in his first press conference. This is kind of what I envision, you know, a deep team that's going to defend at a high level. Uh, but again, I, I Clemson's going to be a problem. Uh, the only way I see him winning the Clemson game is if DJ's very limited minutes. And when he does get his minutes, he gets 10 points. You know, it's got to be like a 10 point, 11 minute game because they're going to need Mo Diara right. to be able to guard. PJ, they're going to need Ben Middlebrooks to guard. And at some point, they got to. Basketball is a game of runs, but you can't have five minute droughts where you can't score a field goal. It's just, it's just going on. Like, you, they, when they score, they score the hardest looking yeah. baskets I've ever seen. At some point, they have to get easy baskets. So uh, that one's going to be a tough one. I think they do have good opportunities after that. But Clemson, I do agree, is is a must win. All right. So your last your uh, sophomore year in eleven was Sydney Lowe's last year. As a player, what was it like trying to handle some of the negativity towards your coach and also the conversations about uh oh, 
it's over for this guy and they need to move on from this guy. Because while I'm not having that conversation, there are plenty of people <clears throat> having the conversation about what Kevin's future could be. And I'm just wondering as a player who's been through it, what was your experience like that year that the 10, 11 season that would have been, um, you had CJ Leslie, Ryan Harrow, Zoe Brown as freshmen who came in were expected to kind of augment what you were doing, what uh, Big Tracy was doing. So, and Javi was kind of out there a little bit because Harrow and Zoe needed the ball. So, it's it's tough. I also no, no, remember like I was I was so naive to the fact that I really wasn't even thinking about Coach Lowe getting fired. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, you hear the frustrations within, you know the NC state fan base when things aren't going your way and you can kind of hear the moaning within the, uh, the stadiums. But I think the big takeaway for me, honestly, was just the players staying locked in. Like your season's not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, this team is much different because they still have opportunity to make an NCAA tournament. So they, they've got a lot to play for, but like with us, it's like, okay, maybe you play in an NIT, but does anybody really get up and care to play in an NIT. So I think the biggest thing so with me was was like the other players, like getting them to, you know, be locked in. Like when you're going to an ACC tournament, hey man, don't just bring a backpack, actually pack a bag with the opportunity to win an ACC tournament. That was the hardest you part. Need you to name for me. names on that one. No, I'm not naming any names. <laughs> but I, I will say <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the coaches much, but I also think that this team is much different in the fact that now if they lose three straight, they they may be in the same boat I was, but if they, you know, find a way to win Clemson and, you know, string a couple together, they still have an opportunity. Yeah. There's still a lot of season left. They just got to capitalize on the games they need to win. So Sid never brought it up with you guys, never gave it the old win one for me here. No, no. And I didn't. And again, I think it was just, I was younger and I was I, like, I wasn't even thinking, okay, the guy that recruited me is literally about to get fired. I never even thought about it until the day we all got that random text that said, Hey, we need to meet in the, the, uh, no, the film room. I, I swear. I just never paid attention to it. I just never, I never even thought about it. Like, well, like, is this an option? Now I knew there was frustration, but I also knew in the back of my mind, I'm like, dude, we got a really good team returning. Yeah. Like it to be sure. Dr. Yao sees that we have a good team returning. Now I'll also sit here and tell you that it, it all worked out for me. Like I'm, yeah, you're you know, first it, year with Bark. You guys go to the you know, Sweet we, 16. We had great, great last two years, but I just, I kind of wouldn't. I was just sitting there thinking, what can I do to help this team win? And again, my, my mindset's different than a lot of yeah. players. So I got to admit that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, I had a good relationship with Sid, uh, particularly down the stretch there. Like we, there were a lot of uh, carpool days where he would call me and I'm, and I, I would I would listen. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, but I remember you mentioned that the number of guys who were coming back. And I remember one time him, I was like, you know, she talking about Debbie. He was like, you know, uh, Herb Sendek got a sixth year. He's like, I, I I feel like I deserve, you know, I I won a national championship here. Monty Tao won a national championship here. But <laughs> they gave Herb Sendek, who never did anything for this school, a sixth year. Like, we deserve a sixth year. And I was like, and he's and he was like talking about all the other teams who were like losing players and because Carolina was going through it, you know. Yeah. And Duke was kind of in a transition too, and he's like I'm telling you, you know, we got these guys coming back and we're going to be good. And I just remember 
because you know me, I can't hold back sometimes. <laughs> this this was actually uh, so you guys played Thursday at Greensboro against Maryland, and Gary Williams, of course, gotcha. Vasquez, of course, gotcha. Um, in Greensboro, and and I remember driving home. I was a little disappointed on Mark's podcast. He had Gary on there. I never was a fan of Gary, but that's all right. Oh, you know, I'm the world's biggest Gary Williams mark oh, on the planet. Gosh, I hated going there. Well, yeah. And it probably isn't even Gary, that's honestly. Him. That's, just, just, that's their hated wackadoo there. fans. So I'm driving home from the Coliseum, and I see Debbie at the time had put up a billboard. Wolfpack, you know, NC State, refusal to accept the status quo. It was on a billboard between here and Greensboro on I-40. And so... He calls me the the day after the Thursday game. I'm in the carpool, and he's telling me this whole thing. And so, you know, he's telling me this whole thing about how they should be back. He should get the extra year. And I said, well, I have no doubt Lee Fowler would have given you the extra year. I said, but did you see the billboard on 40? Yeah. And he goes, no, which one? I said, it says the refusal to accept the status quo. And this was her, this was Debbie's first, real first year on the job. And I said, I don't. I don't. I I said to him, I got. I don't think this is going to go the way that you want it to go. I said, I think because he told me that he had a meeting with Debbie on. I think it was Sunday, and she told me a meeting with Sid on Sunday, and then I did not report anything. And then of course Goodman reported it on Saturday that oh they're meeting on Sunday. And by that point, everyone knew once they met this. So now you're saying filling in the blanks. But they again, meet on Sunday, then you get a text that says, come on Monday. But again, what I'm saying is, like, social media <laughs> wasn't as big back then. I couldn't even tell you what day we met, honestly. It's hysterical. I really, I really couldn't tell you, but social media wasn't as, like, crazy. I so, still remember that press conference. That was CJ somehow showed up to it. Leslie. I, I you were there. Everybody was there. No. I'm, Ryan Harrow was not about, there. Are you talking about Mark's press conference or no? I was at Sid's. The end? Yeah. Are you sure? You, I'm saying Ryan Harrow wasn't there. Oh. Like she had a thing basically saying, hey, we're we're moving on and this is why, you know, I did it and this is the, we'll have a big search, this whole thing, you know? And I just remember everyone was, where's Harrow? Well, I give Debbie credit. She she asked everybody give Did give she? us a list of five coaches that you want to bring in. Yeah. So I gave a what was your what was your list? I the think only Jay Wright one, was on there, right? No, the only the only name I'm going to mention, and I I had a tweet about it every day the other day, and everybody was asking who was on it. The only coach that I had on that list that I'll mention is Bobby Knight. Oh, because you grew up in Indiana. Yeah, and he was at Texas. Well, Tech Well, you the time. you gave a list of five, and you're not and, and eleven years later, you're still not going to give the list, Scott. Give me a break. What were the who were the other four team coaches? I, I, but I can only remember like two of them, honestly, at the top of my head. Uh, one was Sean Miller. That's who she wanted. That was her number one pick. Um, I want to say I said Mike Bray. I really liked Mike Bray when I went on my my visit to also on uh, her list. Yeah. Um, God, I remember that list like it was yesterday. <clears throat> Turgeon was on her list. He wasn't on my list. I want to say I might have even had the guy. Marshall was on her list. Cronin uh, was from, on her list. Uh, Marshall's at the... Uh, Wichita. Greg Marshall. Yeah. Uh, he might have been on there. And then I had a, I probably had one random one. So I had no idea who Mark Godfrey was when he got announced. So uh, Nobody. Lorenzo really. did. Zoe did? Zoe had some type of relationship there. I guess 
maybe recruitment at Alabama or had a something. Zoe was the only one that knew because when we had a meeting and they had announced it, we're all kind of like, who the hell Who? is Mark Godfrey? Somebody from ESPN? <laughs> and then uh, and then Zoe's like, yeah, I know him. He's a good dude. And I'm like, all right. So, yeah, that's how it all went now. The rest is history. Yeah. The rest is history. All right. Uh, tell people again how you can help them with their home loan, mortgage needs, refi action. What you got? Yeah, just switched over uh, to Primus Bank. You know, it's going to be a great opportunity for a lot of clients. Uh, great rates, great products, uh, really good customer service. So anybody that's looking to buy, even if it's in the future, reach out. Let's get our ducks in a row now so that we can get you guys out there looking for for some homes. Best to have a conversation to know what you can afford before you go out, start looking at all those good things. Always. You you kind of think in this industry that that would be common sense, but I'm learning that it's not. No, no. I, but also I think people get intimidated. Like when they start thinking about, well, what, you know, you don't think in terms of, well, what can I afford in terms of a monthly mortgage payment? And we usually, we do it the opposite way. We we just say, hey, what do you want to afford? And we start there. So if your monthly payment, you want it to be at, you know, $1,700, we'll start looking at the monthly payment right around that mark. And then if you want to know, okay, what can I go to? Then we'll figure it out after that. Very smart. Scottwood15.com. And how how's the... uh basketball going how how's your how is your team playing uh we haven't had any tournaments but it's starting to pick up with high school season about to be done okay we'll, we'll be in the full swing of things probably probably by mid-march we'll be you'll be ready to go kind of into it we'll start practices training all that stuff so i'm i'm looking forward to that okay is did do, will, will there be an empire eats patch on the uh jerseys or do what what do we have to do to get an og patch we'll uh, we'll take any sponsors that want to that want to come on so we've got we've got the the shirts and and stuff at the house we could put a bunch of sponsors on the back of them we can make that happen i know i want like uh i want like the the lenovo treatment i want like on the the oh you're excellent so we're gonna do like the nba (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) that's what i want i don't don't give me this t-shirt that the problem is there's an under armor patch tony and might be wearing at the game like i want to go you don't want like look at my, you Under Armour for yeah. real. You don't want like coaches, uh, like a patch, like one on my polo. You could be on my coach's polo, but yeah, we're Under Armour. How funny is that? That's hysterical. We don't use Under Armour balls. No, clearly, no. I, I, I stopped. <laughs> the, I put on my first pair of Under Armour shoes the other day. First time I've ever worn Under Armour shoes. Tread carefully. They were okay. Tread carefully. The ball's worse. <laughs> You're a mess. All right, man. Uh, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Follow us on all of your podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, the Googles, you name it. We'll be back next week. Scott, mark your calendar. Next week, the Wolfpack plays on a Tuesday. So we'll be back Wednesday next week for another edition of Law of the Wolf. The Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people.